Hello, everybody, and welcome back to like a starting guide to Boeing episode. Hang on, that's not right. This is part nine. Let's just let's just fix that a little bit. Part nine, our starting guide series, and uh, what was upcoming? And the uh, podcasting side. So, but, and in this episode, we're actually going to start as well with a little news, and we're going to be going additions. But as always, before we begin, we would like everyone to know that here at the Legacy Cast, idiots, this takes our means load that does not scrutiny. If you have something, please message us at the channel Fastfire Guy one two three four, or at the email JacobJ one two at com. Please tell us what we're doing wrong. We would love to improve it. I am actually going to be getting a mic soon, and I've noticed a huge amount of support recently on the uh, podcasting side. So thank you very much for doing that. Um, it helps me a lot, especially when there are some who uh, think I shouldn't be using a legacy name when it's just me for podcasting and talking bowling. So we're here to prove them wrong, aren't we, guys? Anyways, this podcast will include, but is not limited to, swearing, sexually explicit content, cold takes alike, and even swearing. Alright, now, with that out of the way, let's get into the news for the past couple of days. So, what are we going to be discussing? Well, we're first going to be discussing, um, a video has just come out, um, talking about Buddy Valestros, who was that Food Network guy who got into a falling accident with his hand. Um, the doctor actually thought during surgery that there was a possibility he could have lost his and he's going to be facing a long road in reco uh, road to recovery. Um, the doctor was mostly petrified due to the, like how much it was started to swell, but he is going to be but he is slowly getting better and he's facing a huge road to recovery, which is why everybody, if you do get your own bowling lanes, please, please don't work on them yourselves if you're able to. Get a certified mechanic in your area, pay him a couple extra, pay him a couple hundred dollars or a couple dollars to help you work on things, or call the manufacturer, have them send something out. I don't want anyone who listens to this. If you are listening to this and you have a bowling center, hey, I'll come bowl with you. Hit me up. But uh, yeah, that's just an awful thing. I really hope he's better. He's he's been he's really cool to watch on the work. Uh, also talking about in um, as I talked about the PPA league is over. And if you want if you don't want to be spoiled, I would turn off the podcast right now. Come back and watch later uh, because we are going to be talking about who won the Elias Cup and the Portland Lumberjacks faced the Las Vegas High Rollers, which Las Vegas was actually one of the expansion teams this year. They bowled in Centerville, Virginia, which is actually where, um, I'm going to get into a story about that. They bowled against the Las Vegas High Rollers. It was a best of five match, and Portland successfully defended their title, so they have now won back-to-back -back Elias Cups in a three-to-two best of five championship match series. We're going to go over the different matches, what happened in them. But yeah, um, so this year they added a couple of expansion teams, the Phoenix Fury, Las Vegas High Rollers, Bruce City Ballers, Miami Waves, it, 
really really cool seeing a huge step ladder this time and a very 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 competitive very very heated final match it was beautiful to watch absolutely we're going to get into the uh, little bit of match stuff and we're going to get into one more news thing before we start talking about conditions I experienced um tonight which will be yesterday when this video comes out the video slash podcast comes out. uh so going into the specific matches one las vegas took an early lead uh winning 252 to 190 but portland made different adjustments rebounding to win game two and three with scores 278 to 218 235 10. las vegas made a lineup change for game four winning 235 to two by the match forcing a must-win final game for five in the championship portland's chris prather seared the win in the ninth frame with a strike to secure the team's back-to-back win and final score of 257 also uh west mall at portland's anchor on the back-to-back mvp Honors. Making history winning the title twice in a row. Malat helped home the Elias Cup last year. Yeah, they're the back to back, I believe. And he's also won back to back MVP honors with West Malat. Bowler. So really, really good to see. Really, really happy. Um to see that that uh, was really really brilliant to watch it'll all be up on youtube within the next couple of days and i thought it was great now on to some more uh bowling industry news another buyout has just happened yes another buyout has been um 900 global and 3g are officially now a part of the storm and the grip family now this doesn't come as a surprise to some because um Storm and Roto Grip were the owners of Storm and Roto Grip, um, the Christmas. They'd actually invested 900 Global several times, starting in about, I believe, 2014. So they technically they owned about 51% of the shares. They just decided to now, well, we're now going to own 100% of the company. Um, back in March, when COVID was, you know, just getting out, uh, they've let 900 global start producing stuff in the storm plant so now storm's plant in utah is going to be getting a huge expansion they are going to be able to uh they're going to let 3g do their thing i'm pretty sure but now rotogrip storm 900 global are all part of the same company which everyone knew it was going to happen eventually i'm surprised it didn't happen sooner but this probably means that players like on the storm staff be able to throw 900 balls and you're going to see 900 stuff being able to global balls so what i really really want to see and i think it'll be beautiful Connor Ash and jason belmonte have had a, you know issues going out for years i want to see a battle bowl with jason belmonte and john rash different balls in the lineup google pattern thing i think it'll be great for publicity they've always been had really really heated matches and so i think this will be a perfect way to have a heated um heated way you know a heated kind of fun way to explore some new bowling balls i think it'll be really 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 cool so let's now get into talking about the second part of what i have for the video we're going to be talking about lane conditions now what do i mean about lane conditions well 
Um, so for league, there's two things you want to consider when you're talking about lane conditions. Talk about the oil on the lane, and then the topography on the lane. Which, if you didn't know, which it's perfectly fine. So not a lot of people know it. Some people do. Some people don't. Even when they've been bowling for years, basically what they do is over time. Basically, uh, what they do, uh, every day for they reoil it for leagues. But basically, they coat the oil, which is what allows skid down the lane. Basically, they make it so your ball skids, stay on the lane, and then so it can hook down lane work prior. Because the reason a bowling ball hooks is that um, it hooks when it sees friction. The best way to think of modern bowling balls, like you know the resin ones that I was talking about in the earlier entry level series, um, entry level bowling balls, and then second ball that you get for your um, league bag, you know, like the other, the stronger bowling ball. They're kind of like car tires, and once they see friction, they pretty much have teeth. They dig through the oil. To generate, you know, to slow down, they can generate friction, and then once they see, once bowling balls see friction that are resin, they then hook. They then hook down lane because it causes the ball to, for it to go from skidding to the hook phase, and then it rolls down lane. So that's what. Um, so basically, you basically you're, you're going to want to take in that into account the oil conditions. They do something pretty interesting, and then you're also going to have to take into account lane topography. And what do I mean by lane topography? Well. Topography is basically how the lane shaped, how it's warped. Um, bowling lanes over time, they're not completely flat. They may look completely flat when you get up there, but believe me, they are not. Um, they get dense, they get divots as building settles and, you know, settle or rise due to ground. They're going to go up, go lower. So topography can actually make lanes play very different than what they would, than what they should on paper so it can cause your ball a little bit more in the front part of the lane and so you may see your ball quit down lane like you'll see it just roll roll out or, you know as they say roll out which essentially means it loses all of its energy and it just goes straight and you run into the three pin and you leave yourself a nasty split and then you punch the wall because you're like god damn it i threw that well <laughs> but you get one but i hope you get what i'm saying Man, today has been great. It's been fun watching all of the World Series. Actually, the World Series of Bowling, they're continuing it from last year, so I should get on, uh, I think next episode we can talk about who is playing in those matches, which is very, very good. Um, so, getting on to next topic. Um, Okay, so get talking more about oil patterns. Um, I'm going to talk about more about the house shot, which is what they lay down for your average league, for your average. So what is a house shot? Well, a house shot is typically individual to the individual bowling center. Um, it's typically a shot they lay down for their average league and for the conditions you would go if, you know, you were just to normally practice. And it's typically, I don't want to say this for all cases because some change it a little bit, but it's typically lengthwise on the lane. So both, 
Hang on, my dog just moved. So lengthwise, house shots typically run about 38, 42, 43 feet down the lane. Uh, bowling lanes are about 60 feet from the foul line to the start of the pins or maybe to the end of the pin deck. I believe it's around there. And, and so being 38, you know, 40 feet is about 10, 50, you know, a little bit longer than 10 feet, you know, a little bit longer than 10 feet down the middle. It's, if you want some references, the arrows are at about 15 feet at most bowling lanes. Like the, so you'll see like the dots, the foul line, and then you'll see like these arrows. Those are, that's about 15 feet. Bowling lanes do this really, really cool, weird effect. I'm going to talk, I, I'm sorry I'm getting off topic, but they do this really, really effect where they look wider, and then as you start getting closer to it, they start getting really, really, really narrow. And it's, and so it can play tricks on you. But, so the oil patterns are typically about 38, 42 feet. Um, the next number you want to pay attention to for the lane condition. Um, typically, most house shots are at about a oil ratio, which is how much the difference in oil is, like, so how flat an oil pattern is. They're not just oiled, you know, at a flat level. Believe me, I've bowled on flat patterns before. You have to be really, really precise on, on house shots. You get a little bit of misroom. House shots are typically made to be more conducive for scoring, you know, so that's why you see some people averaging really, really high numbers on there, and why you see some people on TV, if you watch TV, be, struggle a little bit, it's because they change a little bit of things, but typically a house shot, it's about a 1 to, one to 8, 1 to 15 ratio, where <coughs> um, typically there is... Maybe. Okay. Sorry. Um, typically, they are about yeah, so one to ten. Basically, that means there's very little oil on the outer edges, on the left and right side. So there's there's a little bit more friction on the outside. And as I told you before, bowling balls respond off of friction. So it allows you to hook it off. You know, so I'll, I'll talk to you about you know strategy in a minute. And then there's a little bit more oil on the inside. So this is why, so on a house shot, typically you can, um, that's why you see some people playing a little bit deeper because they can get a bowling ball. It's a little bit quicker responding to friction. So it like responds quicker once it hits the spot and it's, you know, a little bit cleaner. So what it does is it skids down the middle of the lane where there's a lot of oil and then it gets to the outer edge. And so it's preserving energy doing it because it's not spending energy trying to dig into the getting through the front part of the lane cleanly. And the outsides on house are typically very friction, so it gets, so it's all that energy it's preserved. It's gotta go somewhere. If that spot when it starts seeing friction, and you can actually watch a bowling ball do this. Typically when it hits that spot you can see the ball almost look like it's turning over. Like it's forcibly changing direction because it is, because once it sees that spot it'll go when it starts to look and that's when you start to curve in. Uh, the one three or the one two if you're a left-hander pocket highest percentage chance to get a strike to score by hooking 
But that's why you see, that's why bowling balls hook, is they see friction, and so on house shots where there's a little bit more friction on the outsides, a little bit more oil in the middle, they're typically higher scoring. So I just wanted to talk about a little bit of that, maybe a little bit of strategy, so maybe um, if you have a higher rev rate, you definitely uh, trust it. On a house shot, you can definitely trust sending it to the outside if you get a little bit around it. And just watch it curve in. Um, if you are playing straighter up the lane, which is perfectly fine. Plenty of players play straight up the lane. Plenty of players hook the lane. But if you're playing straighter up the lane and you see your ball overhooking, uh, it might be because of two things. Number one, uh, basically what you're going to need to do is if you see it, you know, overhook. Just move, uh, move to the left and send it a little, you know, move to the left, keep it in the oil a little bit longer, and then send it out. And then watch it come back in. Um, and you'll probably leave a 10 pin. If not, you leave 10 to the flush. Hey, good job. 10 to the pit flush. Good. If you see your ball underhooking, then you typically want to get a little bit straighter, get closer to the gutter, because the gutters are going to hook. Sometimes. This is where we get into topography. Lane topography beats oil patterns. Doesn't matter what oil pattern it is, lane topography stays constant. And let me just tell you, it can be a bitch to bowl on some lane topographies. Now, what do, you, what do I mean by this? Well, basically, as lanes warp over time, they can make spots where uh, their ball reads a little bit earlier, and so it doesn't read as much down lane. And it also. <laughs> can make it so where the gutters just do not hook so like when they get to the gutters they just lose all of their energy they roll out or it just feels like it's an endless slick spot and it just rolls out and i ended up with the, and going into what i was talking about earlier i ran into this issue tonight or yeah i ran into this issue tonight playing on cheetah which is a competitive sport pattern that you see the pros ball on i had a sweeper tonight and the pair i was on the topography was perfect in the front part of the lane but down lane the gutters didn't hook and on cheetah when it's 33 feet you want to get as close to that gutter as possible to prevent the ball from overhooking. and the gutters didn't hook so even so lane topography doesn't matter what pattern you're bowling on it will make you feel like you're skating on ice if the topography will not if the topography just feels like makes the ball not hook it's annoying it's it's painful to go on but it's something we all have to deal with so what you want to develop over time is the bowler's eye now what do i mean by this well you want to get to bowling when you want when you bowl a lot of people you know they turn around after seeing their shot or you know they don't watch how their ball goes through the pins once it hits the pins what i want you to do when you're bowling is watch how your ball if you hook the ball, watch how it comes off the spot. Watch and see if it's a little bit late, you know, and, and it could be the type of bowling ball too, but you want to, you want to get, you want to start building up your bowling eye. That's how you know when you can make adjustments because you can see, oh, you know, this is why you, I, you have two bowling balls for league, you know, two balls plus your spare because like, let's say I'm going to get into a little bit of scenario. Sorry if I'm being a little bit confusing, but let's say you have... I'm going to go into like what I would bring. Let's say I have a, a a hustle PBR and an idle pearl. 
or actually let's just say an idle and a hustle link right so hustle link is a polished smooth you know smooth ball uh sanded smooth ball for the regular idle let's say i'm using the regular idle right let's say when you throw it you see that it just does not come off the spot down lane like you're playing in your nice spot and you just does not come off the spot well you want to watch it you want to watch why you want to see if it's trying to hook and it's just too slow off the spot so you need to get a little bit further right you know so that way it hits a little bit more friction or if it or is it just losing too much energy you know maybe it's too strong of a ball for the pattern and it's just dying because it's burning it too much up turning up too much energy friction and so you can run into either of these problems and so when you see that kind of issue you know with you when you start struggling with a bowling ball it's typically when you want to either move make an adjustment or when you want to change bowling and developing the bowling eye by watching your bowling ball what goes through the pins how it's reacting off the spot is an invaluable resource i've been slowly developing mine recently and it been helping me out a lot been helping me make really really good ball changes weeks i've averaged over 200 in my league i went i've averaged 210 to 11 and i've averaged 227 the past two weeks so i'm so the bowling eye definitely does help and thanks to james niffin jr if you watch on youtube he is a professional bowler who's a storm staffer and he's absolutely wonderful i actually was talking to him earlier about the global thing he he said um he'll be surprised if you know if he's able to keep his contract um you know he said he'll be surprised if you know if they won't be uh if like in the contract stipulations you know uh 900 global won't be included on there which you know is a fair point i mean they now own the company that you should be able to you know you should of you know advertise their stuff out which will be very 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 thing so beep you don't need to be barking yes i see you yeah i know you're really cute well, she's getting a little bit antsy. Um, I better go take that. But thank you, everyone, today for watching, watching and listening to this episode of the Legacy Cast Single. Please join us on Mondays for uh, movie news content. Please join us on Mondays for gaming news content, and join us here on Fridays for bowling news content and starting guide to a bowling series. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. Uh, podcast. Thank you.